You're listening to the CLE Foodcast with Lisa Sands, the place for delicious conversation on local food and the people who grow, cook, and share it. Here's Lisa. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of 2023. I'm so happy to have my friend Dylan Stewart, editor of Cleveland Magazine, here with me as a co-host today. Together, we will look forward to the coming year and share some things on our minds and some highlights for the food and drink scene as we roll into this brand new year. We will also talk to Chef Chris Wolf and his wife, Katie, in their new restaurant space that will open in the coming month or two. I cannot wait to introduce you to them and talk about what they hope to create in Little Italy, which is probably not what you'd expect. Before we begin, I'd like to say this episode is made possible with support from Chef Douglas Katz and the Katz Group of Restaurants. We would both like to remind you to shop and dine local and to keep your dollars right here in our community. I'm so grateful to present these interviews and stories about the people who grow, cook, and share local food with Doug's support. I'm also excited to share for the next few episodes the addition of Real Food Remedy as a sponsor of the CLE Foodcast. Now, Real Food Remedy is the brand new venture of Ashley Weingart and the relaunched brand name and direction of Perfectly Imperfect Produce. Real Food Remedy is a home delivery subscription-based fresh fruit and vegetable program focused on helping customers prevent and manage chronic illness by delivering foods that have vitamins, minerals, and nutrients vital to optimal health. How cool does that sound? Learn more at realfoodremedyrx.com and be sure to follow my social accounts for more information, demonstrations, and more. All right, back to today's episode. Chef Chris Wolf is known by many people in the area from his experiences at Shaker Heights Country Club and the Country Club in Pepper Pike. But until now, he has not operated his own restaurant. Chris and his wife, Katie, have secured the highly desirable location in Little Italy that was home to Club Isabella. And they're completely renovating the space and bringing their own take to a creative menu, thoughtful beverages, special events, and even an atypical brunch day to appeal to service industry peers and other workers with non-traditional hours. Oh, and it has a really cool name, too. Dylan and I previewed the space and got an idea of what this husband and wife team wants to bring to Cleveland's dining landscape. So let's dive in. It is a new year for all of us, and I am so excited to start 2023 sitting down with a friend of mine, Dylan Stewart, editor of Cleveland Magazine. Hey, Dylan. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing great today. I mean, it's a new year, blank slate, all that jazz, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm feeling refreshed, and I'm excited to talk food with you. Does the new year still feel exciting to you? I mean, on day, what are we at? Day three, day four. I mean, you've, you've had a pretty exciting 2022. Tell the listeners of the CLE Foodcast all about your 2022. So I started 2022 really writing about food, thinking about food. Uh, that, that was, I was all in on, on the food game and things changed o- over time. Yeah, accelerated is a, is a good, is a good word. Yes, I, um, at some point, um, 
throughout the year, you know, our former editor, Colleen Smittick, um, stepped down to spend a, a little more time with her family. So um, I took the reins at Cleveland Magazine. After about five years, I started as an intern actually eight years ago, then a freelancer. And then I'd been full time for about five years, associate editor, food writer, managing editor, and then, um, you know, became editor in August, I believe. And then I had a baby in September. So we're not in solid foods yet. So, you know, she's she's only a fan by proxy of, of this podcast, but um, she does listen to it at home with that. But um, no, so yeah, it's just been, it's been a whirlwind, you know, managing a team for the first time, um, expanding my purview to be on food. And, I, you know, I, I think, yes, I am really excited about 2023 because 2022 felt like a year where a lot of people were laying the groundwork, especially in the dining scene. But but throughout uh, Cleveland, I felt like massive development projects were were being announced. There's so much to look forward to. It's so funny, like. I was, I've been so caught up in development and all these other topics that circling back to food to get ready for this today, I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff that I don't even know is happening anymore because I'm not so on the beat day to day. You know, I, I think we're going to see the fruit of a lot of labor. Like certainly the dust it hasn't settled from the pandemic. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic about the future. I love it. You sort of underplayed having a baby. <laughs> I mean, um, first of all, you look really rested. How's Shannon feeling? Shannon is feeling good. I think I only, you know, she gave me her skincare routine. Otherwise, I think I'd have big bags under my eyes because I'm not well rested. Although we did get a few uh, sleeping through the nights last week. So that was huge. That's amazing. You cannot underplay that. I mean, that's a really big deal. All right. Well, as, as you said, we're going to be sitting down today to look at the year ahead in food. Um, I do want to mention a couple things to your credit, and you're doing a great job as editor, I want to say. I, I feel like the magazine has shifted a little bit, and I feel it becoming a little bit more of you, but you've also got some new team members over there, Annie Nikoloff being one of them, who I believe you said is also really starting to wet her feet a little bit more into food. She's always written about food, but now she's like the food person at Cleveland Magazine. But your most interesting person issue, which I mean, I love that issue. It's always so fascinating. I mean, my goal is to be in there. I'm just wink, wink. I'm just going to tell you. Um, I'm really proud to say that I had three of this year's uh, MIPS, as we call them, on the podcast. Yes, I had Jessica Parkinson of Salt and Poppy and Evelyn, and we're going to talk about that. I had Ashley Weingart, who is currently rebranding Perfectly Imperfect Produce. That's a lot of peas. I always worry about saying that into Real Food Remedy, an offshoot of her original idea, and Ismail Samad of Loiter, and I was really happy to contribute to that piece because I got to know him uh, in our hour-long podcast, and he was he was like doing so much in that neighborhood that I felt like we could have talked for another whole hour. So I, I'm pretty happy that like some people that I identified as pretty important people, you did as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think certainly thanks to this uh, show, you know, I mean, we get to hear such deep dive. I mean, frankly, you went deeper with a lot of these people than you even get to see in the issue. And so, you know, I, I think the way you approach food and, and you talk to people about, you know, and you find you find the people behind them. That's that's kind of what we were trying to do with this new guard issue. We have this new guard of leaders in the city and we want to get to know them. Sounds good. I think that is a perfect segue into our uh, topic for today. And our guest, let's introduce our hosts for today, Chris and Katie Wolf. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. We're so happy to be here today in this revamped space that I remember very much as Club Isabella, but you are really taking it to a new place. So let's, let's dive in. Tell me about what you got going on here. Welcome to Wolfpack Course. 
It's okay. Wait, I'm gonna stop you. Right. Okay, so as you can see, I dressed like a mountain man today in my buffalo plaid. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hold back from doing a wolf howl, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is, when I first saw the inklings of wolf pack chorus, the the first thing I did was Google wolf pack chorus. So you've got to start with a name. So we always knew uh, wolf was gonna be somewhere in there, and. You know, it takes a village to, you know, it takes a, a pack of people. It takes a, a crew. It takes friends. It takes family. It takes, uh, you know, lawyers. It takes a lot of people um, to, to make something happen more than more than actually I thought about it in the very beginning when we were playing around with this idea. In our group, no one's uh, short of opinions and no one's short of, you know, uh, laughter. No one's short of talking. No one's short of having a good time. And and that's kind of what, you know, we are, you know, where the chorus comes from. You know, we are, we're loud, we talk, we are going to play loud music, we are going to have lots of parties, we're going to be a place, we have, big, you know, huge ceilings, we have a lot of music. So chorus, and we're trying to play this chorus and how we're going to bring music and, and volume and things into the forefront. And then we're just Google searching things. We came up that... Uh, a group of wolves that that howl or that sing is a chorus of wolves. So it all kind of just melded together. And then, I mean, we sat there doing, uh, you know, counting syllables for like three days, you know, like wolf As one court, does, you know? yes. You know, trying to, because there's a sweet spot. You don't want to be, if you're too long, you're going to be forgotten about it. If you're too short, you're going to be skipped over. It has to be, there's a sweet spot. And there's a study, I'm, I'm sure I don't have, I didn't read it, but I'm sure there is it, that talks about it. And we just wanted to be in that, you know, that, that spot and we came up plus the abbreviation WPC we, you know we liked we liked the way that sounded like so we just took it from there Katie go ahead I, I like that you were raising your hand and yes. <laughs> so yeah, polite yes. over there yes please um so and I'd just like to say that it creates a question like Chris said well, we want to be, we don't want to be skipped over. We don't want to be too elaborate, but yeah, Wolfpack Chorus, it's, it leads the question. So come in and check it out. It totally worked on me. I did. I mean, I went, why? <laughs> but I also loved it uh, because it, I think I read somewhere, it's kind of the opposite of what maybe you thought people might expect of you here. Like you're not going into that Italian place. You're not, you know, tell me about that real quickly. Not even a little bit. Um, we're going <laughs> to leave that up to the experts. Um, you know, that's not our background. I will let Chef talk about that. You know, we, we, before we even got to Little Italy, we were looking, I mean, we moved from the east side to the west side to open up a west side restaurant. Um, so opening up here in University Circle, Little Italy wasn't even on the radar. I, I didn't even know this place was for sale, closed, anything about it. Um, I come down here for the feast and maybe, you know, two or three other times a year to, you know, come down to Little Italy and... So when this came up and we went to go see it, um, we were already playing with the name and playing with everything. And, and no, we do not want to be an Italian restaurant. You know, we, uh, that's not what I think the venue uh, says. Like, it's not what you know, we're looking for as far as service, as far as menu. You know, it comes alive. When you start doing, putting one thing in front of the other and you go from a name, you go to a location, you go to wallpaper. And, and next, thing, next thing you know, uh, the vision is is reality and it, it comes together real fast. I'm interested in um, your thought about place. You know, there, there's, I, I think there's um, 
a lot to talk about in that place, in that decision to uh, kind of move away from Italian in Little Italy, but also in the in this space. You know, my wife, uh, her first apartment was up on the top of Overlook over here, and I've been in this space so many times as Club Isabella, and, and so many have. And you know, you talk about that intrigue, new restaurant in Little Italy, new restaurant coming in the Club Isabella space. I mean, that that enough, but even before you get to the name, brings so much intrigue. What what do you think about coming into a neighborhood like that coming into a space like that and what sort of reverence do you have to have for place and then tell tell the people who may be familiar with club isabella what they might see once they get in here so coming in um we didn't do anything structurally to to the venue the gabled ceilings are here the marble throughout is here um but we really tried to the fireplace the patio the piano i mean there's a, there's some key things that are that are here but we are trying to differentiate ourselves i mean we put a lot of money into decor and soft seating and lighting and <laughs> wallpaper and shipped in from the uk and 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 everything and really focusing on being menu driven you know i've been looking at a james beard award for a long time you know i just haven't had the restaurant to do it you know, we, we, we want people to come here, give it, you know, give us a try. I have a country club background. So, you know, I have, you know, hopefully, you know, a lot of, you know, families and a lot of past diners, past customers that follow us on social media, that follow, you know, our careers, that follow what we're doing and hoping to bring them and their family. And besides all the, you know, the gold and the bright colors and the menu, we, we're a neighbor, we're in Little Italy. We are going to be a neighborhood spot. We are a place that everyone can come to. You can come in here and you can have a Miller High Life. You can come in here and have a bottle of champagne. Please buy the champagne, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, um, you know, but come here, you can bring your kids, you can bring your family, you come here for a special occasion, but we want to be, you know, that place for everybody. With the background, hotels, um, resorts, and country clubs, we bring a different side of hospitality to what is maybe your favorite restaurant. Um, our, our sequence of service is going to be a little different. Our activities and programming, which is something that restaurants don't do a lot, there's some places that do it real well. Um, you know, ATC in Lakewood does a real good job of programming and keeping events, you know, and that's one thing, you know, that, you know, being a country club, you know, we want to have summer kickoff parties and spring kickoff and Derby Day and Easter's and, and, and do, you know, an Easter, buf- you know, do an Easter buffet, maybe not as big as a club, but, you know, still do that and be able to have ice carvings and fun things that unless you are, unless you're a country club or a resort, you know, you know, frequenter, then you, you might not know about. And that's what we can bring. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to be eating here um, and why you made that decision. Um, you know, g- give us some sneak peeks. What's going to be my favorite on the menu? You know, starting on, you know, lunches um, are key. I mean, we're by, we're right across, you know, right across the bridge at UH. We're, you know, we're right, you know, just down the road from Cleveland Clinic. We have Case Western. We have all the, we have all the museums. We have all the new apartments and living coming up here. So lunch is going to be key for us to get into. So, so things like um, Muffalaz, but we do a completely vegetarian. You know, the fried chicken wars are still going on, but you know, you know, we do a Korean dip fried chicken with a you know carrot slaw and you know burgers, pan beignets, uh, huge salads, cob salads, crab and bib salad. Um, lots, of, lots of homemade dressings. I love it if you can hear Katie's over there going salads, dressings. Um, it's very cute. This, you know, ha- this couple, that this little couple action that's happening here. Happy hour, we have a separate menu for that. Spice, you know, spicy tuna on crispy rice, peanut butter and jelly chicken wings. Um, I was very intrigued when I read about those. Yeah, 
too. I mean, that's, it sounds very logical. Like, I feel like, why isn't anybody doing that? It's because Chris Wolf is doing it. It's, yeah. They're awesome. I mean, we make a peanut butter and jelly sauce, um, and it's you know besides the bread, it's like it's like eating. You know, fun fun thing about peanut butter and jelly. I have never eaten a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my life. Why? I do not like peanut butter. My son doesn't like peanut butter. I like peanuts. He's like the only human being I know that doesn't like peanut butter. Peanuts, except for you. Peanuts, cashews, almonds. I can eat them regular, but something about the like. Something about like texture and like wet bread on the roof of my mouth, just like oh my it, it drives me crazy. It's I like, feel like, it's we like just, wooden wooden popsicle sticks. I feel like that's oh my, <laughs> I, have, I have to process that for a minute. Actually, I mean that's such a childhood staple. It's like, do you like ketchup? Do you like mustard? Well, oh, I, oh, I love mustard's my favorite kind. Oh, I love mustard. I have so many mustards. I actually grew up not eating jelly, so I came <laughs> I came from the other side. I would eat peanut butter and. Uh, and banana. And I if have, my mom would let me eat marshmallow fluff, <laughs> but she was a diet nut, so she she'd never let me eat marshmallow fluff. Marshmallow I'm good on and I have had <laughs> jelly sandwiches. Like I went you know, I went away to for a couple of summers at summer camp and there's certainly like, you know, that day comes around where it's like it's P B and J day and it's like, well I guess I'm just having a jelly sandwich, you know, and Everyone's like, going crazy and, and having a good time, and I'm just eating you know, peanut butter sandwiches. I love it. Well, I was going to ask you about your background, but you covered it really well. And I think it's important because in this town, I think we have a lot of large chef personalities. Um, and so I feel like you're kind of like stealth right now, except I do believe the fact that you've touched so many people as part of your country club work. Uh, so I think there's something very valid about having those people get excited about having you here in a different environment. Something else I wanted to touch on uh, that was in the press release I read, and I just thought it was so important and insightful, was your thoughtfulness about being open on Mondays. And I just think that that's another uh, post-pandemic thing that we've all become aware of is that like, right, the hospitality industry, they're people, they wanna go out, they wanna have fun, they wanna have lives. So tell me a little bit about your thought process there and um, you know, brunches and some other things that you're doing that you intentionally are doing because they weren't met in the marketplace. Happy hour too, that's something that's not really happening anymore. If every hour could be happy hour, we, we it, it could be happy hour. I think we should declare it right now that every hour is happy hour at Wolfpack Corps. Well, yeah, for sure. Once you're getting into space and you're starting to get pick up on traffic patterns and things like that, and there's no good way to say it, leaving University Circle at 5 o'clock is one of the worst experiences ever in the world. Right, I know. Well, I, when I worked at UCI, we would go to Baricelli. They had a great happy hour. It was cheap. We could all afford it. And we could wait out about 45 minutes right. to an hour before I had to go try to get on 77 South. And it's, it's, it goes, I mean, it's quick. It's from 5 to 5.30. And then it's, and then it's like it never, ever happened. And we're going to have valet in the evenings. We, we do have uh, limited parking. We do have street parking. Um, so come here and have, and, have a, and have a drink. You know, with Mondays. It's a restaurant thing. It's, you know, it's not just Cleveland. It's not just Ohio. It's restaurants are closed on Mondays. Hospitality is closed on Mondays. Country clubs are closed on Mondays. So we are going to be open because everyone else is closed. And we are doing Monday brunch. We're also doing Sunday brunch, but we're, we're still we're doing Monday brunch because if you work in food and beverage and you have probably worked a brunch and brunch is not fun to do. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> all, all the time. Sometimes it's fun, but it's, 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 a lot, it's a lot of work that goes into something that you only do one day a week or two days a week. It's a lot of work and effort and a lot of thought. Service is different for breakfast as it is for lunch as it is for dinner. So there's a lot of other moving parts that go to that. So if you, if you work and you've done enough of them, you, know, you, haven't, you haven't been to any. Um, so that's what we want to do. We want to invite food and beverage people here on Mondays to have service industry brunch. You know, doctors and nurses and, you know, people that work in the in uh, healthcare systems, you know, depending on their ske- their schedule, they might work, you know, four tens. They might work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and again, miss, miss brunch. When you're certainly when you're in medical school, you're not taking Sundays and going to brunch. You're, you're, you're studying. Um, so, you know, it gives, you know, everybody an opportunity. Plus, who doesn't like to eat breakfast? So why not have a second day? You know, there's Saturday brunch. There's a lot of Sunday brunch. But there's no other brunch, so who doesn't like to eat breakfast on, you know, on Monday? Genius. You know, I'm interested. The Monday thing with restaurants is obviously, you know, a hassle sometimes for those of us who like to eat out a little too much, like Lisa and I. But, um, you know, it's obvious. It's there for a reason. It's because, you know, restaurants are trying to find ways to take care of employees. And because this job can be very hard. You talked about um, having big ambitions, you know, James Beard Award ambitions. How does that factor in with the difficult labor market. You know, everyone talks about uh, it, it being difficult to find employees, keep employees and stuff like that. So how, how does that factor in uh, with with those ambitions? Well, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you asked that. So the labor market is is tough. Being a smaller fish in the pond, it's, it's not going to be easy. You make a lot of friends and, and, and that, that, help, that help you out when you need, when you, when you, when you need help. You have family and you know, we're going to keep menus relatively, you know, small in the beginning and work our way up. We're going to manage reservation times and how many people we have coming in. We're managing how we spend our time and making it more efficient to do a more efficient job. And doing so, it, it also creates a more seamless and fluent service. You know, we are, we are doing a give back program for our staff. So we're taking a percentage of food sales and not on, not on tipped amounts, but on food sales, and we're matching that. So whether it's we're, we're going to hold aside and put into an account, that money will get voted on by our current staff quarterly to either you know keep it, you know, if you just want to get together and have a pizza party, we'll use a pizza party. If if um, you know John's six year old fell and broke his hand, well, it might not be much, but here's a couple hundred bucks, you know, to help you know pay some medical bills if you don't have insurance or whatever it is. Maybe your car broke down, sure. but it's up to it's not my decision where the money goes. It's going to be up to the current staff um, that we have, and that money is is for them. Whether mm-hmm. you know maybe renting a, a van and or a bus and driving to. Uh, the sh- you know to go to see a chef's garden. Maybe it's going down to Columbus and going to see Watershed Distillery or Wolfridge Brewing. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just going to eat at you know La Albatross or right. going to you know to go see uh, you know Paula Manet Flower or wherever wherever it may be just to kind of get out and do some bonding and things like that. You know we want people to work here, but we want people to want to work here. Well, and I I wanted to add uh, and basically all of your illustrations um, back up what I'm about to say is. People want to work where they feel appreciated, respected, where they're treated well, and whether where they feel part of the the planning, the programming, you know, the the, the problem solving. And I think you nailed it. Um, there are uh, worker shortages. What I have learned over you know talking with restaurateurs over the last year is. 
the people that think about this, like you just did, they're not really having those problems. Right. You know, a lot of, they, they don't really ever have a shortage of people. You, certainly there's turnover. Certainly it's competitive and people are like, oh, wait, you're going to make, I'm going to make a little bit more. You know, people move around. That's just the nature of the industry. But I think what you illustrated is truly, truly amazing. I know that you guys have a lot going on, so I want to end with a question for Katie because we're sitting here in this beautiful environment. I love this mural. The wallpaper behind the bar is stunning. These chairs are great. There's a baby grand right behind me. And I think you said uh, this was a lot of your imagination coming to fruition. Can you just talk about this environment, what you were going for? Well, the space is really stunning. The gabled ceiling, it's a sight to see. So we really just wanted to open it up and make it brighter. When Chris and I first started talking about the possibility of opening a restaurant on a beach in Hawaii, you know, on our honeymoon. Um, as, as one does. <laughs> you know, um, one of the first things that he said was, you know, you got to have a statement piece. What's the statement piece? And, you know, going through and finding things online and, you know, everything, we, we kind of like got this floral theme going. You know, it's reflective in our logo. I like flowers and, um, you know, it's like we wanted to make the space just a little softer, a little more feminine because it is black and white in here and it does have very um, structural elements with the trussing in the ceiling. So, yeah, there's a, a big, beautiful um, jewel toned mural that's 13 feet by eight feet and we have lots of different wallpaper, which I happen to love. New Spudnik light fixtures and um, a new lounge seating and lots of playful patterns that I like to see when I go out. So, you know, why not? It's like my own personal living room. I get to decorate how I want. I love it. Well, I plan on visiting you here for sure. Yeah, and I, by the way, I think I'm going to be trying to play this piano before we're out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good, so you might change. You might regret that. It's not tuned, by the way. Well, I don't think you'll be able to know the difference with my playing. Blame it on the not tuning. Exactly. Yeah. If only I always had an excuse like that. I have a serious question, though. Um, <laughs> I know you're not ready for uh, to share an open date, but you, you said there might be some pop-ups and some ways that we can get acquainted with you guys. Can, can you uh, fill the people in on that? So we hope to have at least one event this month. Um, you know, it's January. A lot of restaurants are slow. So we can kind of ease into it, you know, whether it's just a soft opening event, a friends and family, limited seating, you know, some kind of heavy appetizer or hors d'oeuvres that Chris can put out. So you got to follow us on all our socials. Wolfpack Chorus. We'll send out emails to those that follow us and let everyone know. But we do still plan on having um, something in some capacity in January. A lot of people, why are you opening a restaurant in the middle of the winter? That's not a good idea. But actually, it's not that bad of an idea because it gives us a chance to kind of ease into it. It's not patio season yet. We can't open the windows yet. Um, so we're just, you know, we can control our, our entry and that's what we want to do. Makes a lot of sense to me. Tell me your socials and where people can find you. Uh, you can find us at uh, wolfpackchorus.com. You can find us at wolfpack underscore chorus on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find me at Chef C. Wolf on Instagram. You can find us at 2175 Cornell. 
uh, but, road. But don't come in yet. The door's <laughs> don't, locked. Don't don't come in. But if you know you can come to, you can come take a peek. And if you know if I'm here, you know I'll, I'll I'm more than happy to talk to you and chat. And you're hi- and you're hiring. And we are we're hi- we're hiring. So uh, be looking for that. We'll have uh, a link in our website as, as along also on our on our link tree on our Instagram everywhere else that you can find us as well as in person. Indeed. So you're ready to roll. Run with the wolf. Run with the Wolfpack Chorus. Sounds like a great place Wild to work. I might, uh, if this writing thing doesn't work out, I might. Well, I mean, I think it's going to work out for you. I'm just saying. But uh, hey, thanks, Katie, Chris. It's been so nice to sit down with you in this beautiful renovated space. So excited for you. I feel your passion. I feel your enthusiasm. You guys are adorable. And uh, get that piano tune because Dylan's going to come back and he's going to take probably Wednesday nights yeah. for happy hour. Perfect. Thanks a lot. All right, Dylan, we're going to continue our conversation on looking ahead for 2023. Let's take a quick break. Hey there, it's Lisa, and I want to tell you about an upcoming event in Ashtabula County. It's the Ice Wine Festival, and it takes place the entire month of March. Now, if you know ice wine, you know how special it is. If it's unfamiliar to you, well, this is the place to discover it. Ice wine is a highly coveted wine style made from grapes that actually freeze right on the vine, concentrating flavors and sweetness. Ice wine is delicious with savory cheeses and yummy dark chocolates. Convinced? I thought so. Get to know the many wineries of the Grand River Valley. Check out visitashtabulacounty.com for more details and make your plans to attend the Ohio Ice Wine Festival right now. How's the cookie? Good. I know. It looks good. good. Really I, good. Look, I went, you went for the cookie and I went for the wine. I know. I'm, uh, if I. Are you I, dry January? Yeah. Oh. My wife doesn't think I can do it. So <laughs> if I, uh, yeah, if, if I drink, I lose a bet and it's too early to, to already give up. I do get one pass though because my birthday is this, uh, this month. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what you're doing for your birthday? Um, you know what? So funny story. My parents threw this big surprise party for me on my 25th birthday so and it was quite the surprise because like who has a massive party for their 25th birthday uh so now that i'm turning 30 this year uh i don't get the you know the big the big surprise Yeah, you know what that's probably gonna happen when you're 40 yeah that's fine as it should uh, i mean with these days it's feeling like that might be coming right around the corner but uh until then i think we're just gonna hang out at iggy's uh bar in, by my house in lakewood and turns out do our editing thing. A, a magazine in uh the 2023 ages you yeah <laughs> yeah, and then you throw the baby on top. and <laughs> Yeah, don't throw the baby. Don't throw the baby <laughs> on top. That's what they told me at the hospital. Oh, my gosh. Lenny, um, it, le- her name's Lennon. Yeah, yep, Lennon. And is there a John Lennon reference, or is it from something else? No, it's definitely John Lennon reference. Um, it's also, Beatles were really important to me growing up. It's also Dylan, uh, my name, and, you know, my wife's name's Shannon, so oh, kind of fits. Like All that. Irish names. Um, so, Yeah. That is very beautiful. Well, you have had quite the year, so I'm really grateful for you to sit down and and talk to me today. You know, let's start the second half of the show, if you will, looking at last year just briefly, Yeah. uh, because I don't like to live in the past. Sure. (laughs) Um, But it is weird that we're still talking about COVID. People are having COVID. It's still happening. There's another variant. Um, So it still affects our socialness. It affects the restaurant industry. Um, so that's kind of weird, but we did lose some restaurants last year. We did see some closures. Some of them I know were related to that. Some of them, I think people were just ready to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, Dylan, is there any place that was around last year that isn't here going into 2023 that you miss? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, was Sokolowski's last year? Yes, and actually that's the top of my list. Yeah. Because I didn't see that coming. I just thought that was that stalwart place that was always going to be here. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm struggling with it because, I, wow, last year seems so long <laughs> if that was, was going yeah. on, you know? I think it was early last year. And I think what's a bummer with that space is, like, you know, in, in so many other circumstances like uh Balaton which I know you want to talk about uh in a little bit or a, a Cordelia or a um you know well a lot of places change well that's what I mean yes. at least it, it, so in, in so many it, in the Balaton case you okay you yes it's going to be different but you're you're going to go get to experience Balaton um in the Cordelia case you the you might not um, get to experience Lola anymore, but you get to go eat in that space. And I think that that's like one that's that really what drove the nail in the coffin to me wasn't so much losing Sokolowski's, though it was um, a huge loss. It was the fact that nothing food related yes. is even going to replace it. Nothing public facing, it seems, is even going to replace it. So that one was really heartbreaking to me. I think Sweet Moses was a big loss. Oh, I'm I not the biggest sweet sweet, uh, sweets guy, uh, admittedly. I love my chocolate chip cookie, I love my vanilla ice cream. I love pumpkin pie and whipped cream. I'm very basic when it comes to sweets. But, you know, it, it rounded out that street quite a bit, and it was such a fun experience. Though I hear Wine Bar is uh, pretty cool. I haven't been yet, but, you know, it's kind of got the draft system. Yes, um, yes. It's on my list to visit in the next too. week or so. Well, you have to wait till oh, after Jack. I'm yeah, sorry. February. Shannon, I'm going to make sure he doesn't go to Wine Tasting Bar for you. Um, you know, Sweet Moses was a place we ended a lot of our nights, especially on a warm summer night. Mm -hmm. We would go... And I also don't like, I don't like chunky ice cream. I don't like really fussy ice cream. But it was the one place where I would get the big sundae. Sure. And we would share it. And I just have really nice memories of it. Um, you know, I think about Flying Fig ending. Yeah. But then reinventing itself in a partnership with Jill Davis and Karen Small. And that's open now. And I don't know, have you been there yet? I haven't. No, we sent uh, Annie Nikoloff uh, there. Annie gets all those prime assignments now. She does. She does. I'm a little, a little jealous and nostalgic of the position she's in. Well, but also <laughs> now you can go out and enjoy things in a different way. And I think there's some joy in that. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it's certainly been a little kinder on my waistline. Right. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Well, so let's dive back into 2023. Sure. It does seem like we've started to see the lists, right? The, you know, I think um, scene, not a competitor of yours, really. They have a different kind of sensibility and role in this town. All of a sudden, you know, came out with their, what was it, like 40 new openings or something. Mm -hmm. And I opened it and I was like, what? Now, Yes, there are a lot of openings, but they also were including like transitions. Mm -hmm. It was very, let's call it light on detail, right? Um, because, and I think they were trying to cover like the first half of the year. And, and that could lead to a lot of things. Sure. I mean, it takes a lot to get a restaurant open on time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that, I, but I, light on detail, but to give, to give our, uh, our peers, not competitors, uh, some props. You know, that's what you that's what you want out of a list like that. You're reading it quick. Um, you know, but but I do think it's representative of something. You know, it's uh, the breadth of what's going on. And you know, when we talk about the pandemic settling and things like that, I, I think a lot of what you see 
um, coming uh, in this quarter is, is part of that. People finally taking the uh, companies finally taking the the chance to expand in and open new locations or or do that revamp that they that they wanted to do in the case of Flying Fig. And so um, and, and I think that that leads really well in into uh, booms, which oh, I'm super excited about. So excited! It's live online now, and it'll be in our February issue. I wrote a profile of Ben Biebenroth, who I know you have plans to talk to. Um, Next Monday, I'm so excited. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I'd love to hear you dig into uh, this more with him um, than, than even what's in my piece. But he talks so much about, you know, he over at Spice, uh, they were doing these artistic, ambitious um, plates. And, you know, he he was being so creative and, and doing so many interesting mm. things, but, but losing money and spending yeah. a ton of time doing it. And so he saw the writing on the wall with the pandemic early. And he, I think that was like the first pandemic closure, like day mm-hmm. two or three, which everyone's like, what? I think he'll even say that it was in the works beforehand. Mm. And so the pandemic sort of forced his hand a little yeah, bit and sure. we all, you know, a lot of the changes that happened, people could say, well, it was the, it was COVID. But the reality was we had hit that peak restaurant plateau mm-hmm. for a while. And I think the writing was on the wall. And I think people are realizing like what's sustainable and what's, um, you know, what's realistic, what's profitable. And, you know, basically in my piece, like I, I, I explore this transition that Ben took from that sort of artsy chef to this businessman who's making these decisions financially as yeah. a business as a businessman should and and but but not sacrificing quality to do it mm-hmm. and so what he told me is uh five and I'm sorry to scoop your interview with him next week you're totally not <laughs> I think you know I want to hear what you I, I actually don't even want to read your piece yeah, well, before okay. I go into that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm actually gonna tell you I'm not gonna read it I'm okay. gonna go in completely blind. Well then plug your ears and uh, he wants to do five stores in five years in the Northeast Ohio region. That I had already heard. Yeah. Yes. And then, oh sure, sure. Yes. And then uh, <laughs> Well and my favorite thing about Booms um, and I haven't even I haven't eaten it I haven't tried it I haven't tasted it first of all I know the partnership with Jonathan Bennett's going to be great. Mm-hmm, right. I love the slogan booms born of hard times yeah. because if that's not going to make us all remember those you know 18 months or two years that we lived through sure I, I, I don't know what will right and so so what you know he wants to expand to five and then he wants to hit columbus and then go nationwide amazing i hope uh, one of them is in brexville yeah, ben, right? i know you listen to the podcast so i'm really hoping <laughs> that you're looking at a spot in brexville right now and, and booms so booms is inspired by um his grandfather who's named boom and he was this very frugal man who was able to leave his, his uh, family a lot of money um, at, at the end, despite you know having a blue collar job, living in Parma in a small house in Parma, and so basically what, what we're seeing with Ben is this is this shift to um, realizing how much he can do not by being so artistic but by being profitable, and, and that's what but still giving people the quality food that he believes so much in, and and so I think that's a perfect example of what we're going to see now coming mm-hmm. out of the pandemic as mm-hmm. the dust settles is like it's not going to be okay to be unprofitable when um, food costs are this much, labor is uh, getting more expensive and uh, all that stuff. And I think that will be the lesson of the pandemic. Uh, A beard award is awesome, but only goes so far. Exactly. Well, there's a couple of other restaurants that that you and I are looking forward to that um, like Booms, named after someone in the family. Uh, So you can guess I'm talking about Salt and their expansions. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you know about what Jill and Jess are up to? 
Well, I know that they're moving into the Felice Urban Cafe space, which, you know, and, and Jessica uh, was a most interesting people, yes. uh, or person this month, and uh, she was just the one person, uh, uh, not but all of the people. she has six children, but, so it's like she must be multiple people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And which I was super pumped about getting to talk to her, because we've had Jill as the most interesting people before, and I think Jill seems a lot more public-facing, though you've talked to Jessica, right? Yes, um, yes. I interviewed yeah. both of them. And I think it's easy. Again, I, I mentioned earlier in the interview today with Chris, sometimes chefs get there. We've done a really great job of elevating chefs, but there's so many talented sure. people managing, running bars, um, conceptualizing behind that chef. I think they're a true partnership. I love seeing them interact together. Yeah. And, and to look back to the conversation we just had and keeping the, the thing running, despite, you know, the chef's creativity and probably wanting a bigger budget for ingredients and things like that. So it was cool to get to know her I, I can't believe she has six kids with, with how you have right. to work in the restaurant industry I know but I think she's I think she's really good at being a mom too oh my god yeah she's probably <laughs> it got a, it feels like she has a lot more than six kids with running that restaurant and in the fall I followed her journey as she went out to California to uh to work uh, a grape harvest with a wine I think she's got a wine oh, dinner wow. this month I mean she's really committed and yeah. their staff is loyal to them uh, they make sure their staff has the education they need um mm. I think she told me, I, I, it's not even that I think, she did share that if a staff member at SALT, and I'm assuming uh, there are other places, wants to get the very basic um, uh, wine education, uh, they'll cover that. They wow. really want their staff to be knowledgeable about wine and food. That's fascinating. And, and harkens back to the type of thing that they're talking about here at, at Wolfpack, you know, taking care of their people. That and, and that always ends up showing on the plate. But, you know, for me, what I'm most excited about um, with with their, with Evelyn and Poppy opening is um, I'm excited. I know they're, they're trying their hand at, uh, at a more Spanish influence menu. Um, I went it, to that preview. Oh, did you? Yeah. I missed it. See, these are the type of things uh, I'm doing oh, now. I'm sitting I mean, in meetings. Literally, you, liter you probably <laughs> literally just had a baby. When, <laughs> when, when did when did Lennon come along? September 23rd. Yes, this was early October. <laughs> yeah. You were Shannon was not going to be like, we're not going out for paella right now. Yeah, the infant life and the food uh, writer life do <laughs> not really fit. Yeah, it's a good thing Annie came along. But, yeah. you know, um, I did go to that. They did it on a Sunday night. They did a preview. And um, I, I had actually never had paella. Yeah. Oh. So I, it was just really, really fun to go and see what that might look like. I'm very excited about that. And I never saw the inside of Felice. I just never made it to Felice. So to see their Instagram photos of that beautiful building, the woodwork, the old oh, home, yeah. I'm so excited for it. That's one of my favorite spaces. I really hope they keep the um, the patio um, because, you know, that, that was one of my favorite summer patios to sit on. In that neighborhood, I often go to, uh, is it Patuki? Patuki. Yeah, Batiki, uh, but I, I I always said Batuki. I think it's Batuki. But, the way it's the way it's spelled. Yeah. But um and Big Al's. Oh, <laughs> because, nice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Al's diner. You right. got to do it. Yes. Okay. You mentioned Balaton, so let's talk yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Another place that I've never been to, but I feel like Cleveland really needs to preserve some of that. Um, European heritage. I really want to see that happen. I was a little surprised about the move out to Chagrin, mm -hmm. but um, what do you know about that one? Um, not honestly, not not a ton. Uh, but I, I second your um, your feelings that you know. I hear so much about the Eastern. Not hear so much. I know so much about the Eastern European heritage. My um, my mother was born in Croatia. 
Croatia, and we grew up on the east side going to the Croatian home. They have an awesome restaurant there called uh, Dubrovnik Gardens. Yeah. Um, and so I grew up eating this food. It's it's very important to me as an east sider. Never got to Balaton while I was growing up, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I find it very important to keep it around and I, I, I find it hard to find, especially like traditional authentic, uh, takes on it. And I think what like immigrant son did was cool in, in bringing it, that back, but like, um, it's a modern, it's certainly a modern take. So I would love to see, I I'm loving to see them come back. You know, having just come back from a European trip, I feel like I'm ready to rediscover uh, sausages oh, and yeah. heavy food and some different things like that. I went to Germany and France and just really had, I mean, I, there's just, there's a sausage for every day of the month. I mean, that you can have, <laughs> as I found out, and the schnitzel and some other stuff, you know, Debrau still out there doing a good job, mm -hmm. Hansa. Sure. I mean, so I think for me... If there's a commitment to experience some stuff this year, I started to think about like, wow, I really want to speak to my roots. I'm yeah. Slovak, Czechoslovakian, and German. Cool. I thought, you know, I'd really like to see what's out there. And of course, in Columbus, you can find it a little bit more readily because yeah. of, hello, German village. But um, I think I want to experiment um, just a little bit more. Another place that I was at Astoria last night, we were talking about things not open on Mondays. Well, I have to tell you something. Tuesday's right back up there. Troy and I decided we wanted to eat out last night. And um, I was like, oh, I'm so hungry for uh, like uh, Kung Pao chicken. Or mm. I wanted to go to Asia Town. Guess what night of the week Asia Town's closed? Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so... We went to Astoria, just Astoria. so solid, um, perfect night, great, great food, um, staring across the street at the new development, mm -hmm. and uh, Banter is taking them in on spot. Um, embarrassed to say that this uh, very hearty eater girl from <laughs> Pittsburgh has never had uh, poutine. Oh, yeah. So um, I need to go experience banter. How, are you familiar with banter? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I visited uh, a handful of times. I've also, I, I did a little poutine tour uh, on, a, on a work trip once through um, Montreal. Oh. And that was a special thing. That is a special yeah. thing. How much poutine can you eat in a night? Um, <laughs> you know, how many stops did you make? With the way they drink in Canada, I don't even remember. <laughs> well, I just feel like poutine is something that, A, I know I'll like it. Banter's moved around a little bit, yeah. and I think that's been part of my, not really confusion, just like, I was like, where is it? Is it in Gordon Square? Is it here? Is it here? Uh, so I think when it finds that new home in the former Min-On space, which I was very familiar with, yeah, I, think sure, I'm gonna, I think I'm definitely going to get there. I mean, they have enough of a cult following. I, there, there, there's a crowd calling for banter at all times, and mm -hmm. you know, where they, wherever they have popped up, they set a vibe. There's a vibe around it that, you know, isn't the poutine vibe that I experienced necessarily in Montreal, but that's what's cool about it. It's kind of that high-low thing. They had, uh, you know, I I loved the space in Gordon Square, just drinking some wine and eating poutine. It's like, I never thought I'd find myself here, but here we are. <laughs> so we're talking about some kind of like, um, let's call them lowbrow experiences. Um, but likewise, I love Cordelia. I think they've done a, a, just a bang up job. I, I, I had a running joke with Vinny Semino because he's been on the podcast three times, which is weird. So he's in the three timers club and he's got, he's, he's like going to get a smoking jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but you know, I, I love what they've done there. I think they were imaginative, but it, it does still feel very, you know, homey. Yeah. I like that a lot. 
I think that what we're experiencing is a revival of maybe some homestyle food. Yeah. Uh, do you see that? Nostalgic food. Yeah. I mean, Martha on the fly success, I think exactly. points to that. I mean, I think that's a, a little bit like, um, you know, like that, like what I mentioned with immigrant son of it being like, um, a modern take on a lot of things, but I think we're, we're seeing straightforward, um, old school takes in a lot, in a lot of ways too. And, and, a, and a return to a lot of that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, Cordelia does that thing that I love so well too, which is like the hot, the high low thing, you know, yep. you're drinking a Miller light and eating what I would, you know, what I would call fine dining. It's funny. I, when I was interviewing them, I said, what, what are you going to say when you, when people call this uh, Midwest fine dining, which is uh, a question I use sometimes to provoke people, but mm-hmm. also before I'm going to write something, mm-hmm. I want to see how mm-hmm. they would, you know, the people who were going to call it that was going to be me and my article. I want to see how they were oh, going to respond interesting. to it. Okay. They didn't okay. like it. They didn't look at themselves as a fine dining space. Interesting. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think what they looked at themselves as is, is that home style, is that nostalgic thing is like, you know, maybe some of what you're seeing, you might not be used to, but that doesn't mean it's, it's weird or it's fine dining or anything right, like that. Right. It's, I mean, I think for me, sometimes fine dining is classified maybe by what I'm spending. Yeah. And I don't know if that's fair anymore because of the economy and food costs and look, a $17 burger is very real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, beef. I mean, beef's risen so much. You know, what's crazy, Um, you know, and we can get into them a little bit once you are ready to talk about downtown, too. I I interviewed um, the owner of Colossal Cupcakes uh, the other day, and they just opened their cafe very, very quietly, their Mm. downtown cafe on East 9th. And um, like a full service cafe. Oh, yeah. In the the Acom building, they're they're doing bagels, bagel sandwiches, um, lunch sandwiches, cupcakes, uh, specialty coffee, all that stuff. You know, she told me her butter costs, they raised the cupcake prices by 25% and people were outraged. It didn't even cover her butter costs, which were up over 450% this year. Wow. I mean, 450%. I mean, you know, that's, that's insane. And and, and when you're baking at that level, you know, it's not, it's not a stick of butter. So no, but I look, it's all related. Um, It really, really is. We're all paying. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you. Oh, but you said the fine dining food cost. That's sorry. I I got lost there. No, it totally made sense. I was following you. Oh no, you were following me. I wasn't following myself. (laughs) That's what you got to realize. Sometimes I I, I trail off, but no, it's uh, I, I do think it's often what we're spending, but like, more so than what we're wearing these days. Like I would call, you know, if you're going to, but, but I think you can make the argument, like if you're going to call Cordelia, um, fine dining, why not larder, you know? Sure. Sure. I know. No, that's so funny. When you think about it, if you're talking sheer dollars of yeah. what you're spending, yeah. I've been reminded more frequently in the last, say four or five months that dining out is certainly a privilege. Um, dining out and not thinking about it is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, we're planning a nice night out at a very special place that we do not go to very often, Marble Room. It's a part of a Christmas gift, et cetera, et cetera. And I went on the menu and took a look at it, and I was like, oh, ouch. You know, but I, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm prepared for it. I know that I'm getting a very full service experience. And I do think that is what you get at a Cordelia. Um, I mean, come on, man, the devil, like, here's the thing about Cordelia. And we, we, I talk about Cordelia so much because I love it. And I think they nailed it in the moment. 
the decor was awesome, the casualness, but also the fact that it's consistent. Mm-hmm. It's been consistently good. Um, but I love that you can get, you know, deviled eggs, but you can also split that, whatever that big giant steak is. I think it's called steak de Cordelia right, right. on the big piece of bread with the tomato and all of that. But you can make it what you want. And for two people to get out for a substantial sampling of plates and a couple of drinks for a hundred bucks is not so bad. No, especially on East 4th Street. You know what I mean? Right. Actually, the parking is close to that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. (laughs) What about Asiatown? Um, I feel like there's some movement happening in Asiatown, and I'm going to be talking with Karis Zeng in a couple of weeks about, uh, I think it's actually next week, about the Lunar New Year. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like there's some movement happening there. Um, Anything coming up in Cleveland Magazine on that? We went back to an old haunt for Lunar New Year, actually, which is Liwa. And we, oh. we talked to Randy Hom about some of his uh, traditions that he grew up they with. They just do a good job. Yeah. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. They do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I fell in love with uh, tiki drinks, you know, uh, last year, which is maybe why I'm I doing I fell in love January. with tiki drinks, too. Oh, yeah. That was in my trend, my end of the year trend article. Uh, I think I think everyone did. You see, even Zoog's doing like a Mediterranean yes. Uh, yes. Um, tiki Please drink. Please tell me you've made it to tiki on Underground in Akron. No. Okay, in February yeah. we're going. Okay, yes. You must February go. 1st. It really is, it's worth the drive, <laughs> but you have to like kind of you have to plan for it. And yeah. it's actually right down the street from High Low. Um oh, cool. so you can kind of hit both of those, but you know, you might want to have an Uber. Yeah. Just yeah. I, I'm not allowed to say anything yet, but there there will be some more movement in Cuyahoga Falls this year. So oh, um, yeah, we'll have an article on Cleve okay. magazine next week. I gotta keep something for I know you for, do. No, it's, for to- it's totally okay. But I, I, I don't know enough details about it. You might know more there's the food court coming in um in asia town that will be on our docket for sure but tell me do you what do you know about it uh not much so i'm gonna talk to karis okay yeah good <laughs> I, mean, I know the building and i know the space yeah and the the uh the guy that's developing it whose name is escaping me right at this moment is proven do you have that handy uh, dylan's got a whole list of yeah, notes oh, i it's got very notes scary but right i can't now. i can't uh, read any of my yeah. handwriting no i mean like he it's the it's the kenko guy yes right? yeah. yes exactly um, so he's he's proven he knows what he's doing and he's creating this asian food hall which i think is awesome yeah and, and i would say that we sort of have that in the liwa asia plaza building like there's a couple of things yeah. in there but i think this is going to be a one-stop kind of like let's dare i say another defunct place the galley mm-hmm. uh, right mm-hmm. which when it opened I was like, this is genius. But for whatever reason, it just didn't stick. My first inklings of it, number one, I mean, it's it's a, it's a serious development. There's serious money going into it. Um, so, you know, there's it's going to be set up, hopefully, to succeed. And as opposed to... Um, you know, like the Asia Town Market and things like that. You know, that's I, I just don't I don't think they have the intentional programming to, to pull that together. But mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, it, it, it's great. I love it over there. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think another thing that I would tell people, uh, particularly that maybe want to stay on a budget. There are so many places that don't cost a lot of money or that that just um, let's say they're a little bit more budget friendly. And I think there's some of our uh, you know, I think there's some of the Asia Town restaurants that are completely worthy of being explored. Yes. I think that. Um, Irie, Jamaican. Yes. Uh, I think I read they're opening another location. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he's just got this Jamaican food dynasty, so much so that I'm actually thinking, like, I, mean, I might need to go to Jamaica because I really love that oh, food. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. And I had never had it We honeymooned in St. Lucia oh, and yes. ate it at some crazy places. So I think I think seeing that open is very, very cool. Um, let's talk for a minute about... Um, I do want to interject. Oh, yeah. The tiki... Oh, aside, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We was, went off the tiki. Because King Wah, yes. Lee Wah's sister uh, restaurant in Rocky River, has an amazing tiki bar. 
So that's why I went down the tiki rabbit hole. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So I just really? wanted I wanted to tie no, that I'm knot. So, <laughs> I'm so glad you closed that loop yeah. because um, we almost ended up at uh, Kingwa on um, New Year's. Was mm. it New Year? I don't know. One of I was just I was just doing some research on them because I thought I would like to to go there. You know, Chinese food uh, on Christmas or New Year's in oh, Cleveland yeah. or in anywhere actually. Um, you may have followed my travel saga. I got stuck. I use that term loosely, stuck in quotes, <laughs> in New York City uh, oh, over no. Christmas um, <laughs> because of the of the bomb cyclone. I could not get home from our European trip and had, uh, I wish it was three all expenses paid uh, nights in New York City, but it was not. <laughs> uh, so we ended up staying in New York City for three nights. And while we had to change our plans and it kind of upended everything and it was a lot to, to deal with. Um, we ended up uh, waking up on Christmas morning and Troy says to me, like, what are we eating? Like, cause we're, that's what we think about in our house. What are we eating? And I said, we're going to Chinatown. And we went to a place called Ping's and it was, it was a madhouse and it was fun and it was energetic and it was just so cool. And I imagine the same thing here. I love it. I'm going to have to put uh, that on my list because I'm visiting my sister this spring and we have a, a whole Chinatown day planned. I so, love Chinatown yes. in New York City. It's just so fun. It's like this just aromatic, visually interesting place. And um, you turn a corner and I don't know, it's just wild. So one of the other interesting moves that is happening is Proof Barbecue in Tremont is moving uh, their whole location. They actually closed at the end of the year and they're going to reopen in the spring over in um, on Lorraine, not too far from Juneberry, not too far from that mm-hmm. stretch over there, Planet Fitness, you know, which Ohio I think City continues provision. to come up. It is. I think that Dave, who who really runs them and owns their um, the real estate, he, he he's been eyeing that for a while. He's go, they're going in the Nick's Diner space. Mm. And I think it's going to open bigger kitchen, not a subterranean space, you know, right mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. And I do see that area as having some growth so that's pretty fun and so it'll be interesting to see what crust does Mm -hmm. and uh visible voice books also on the top floor of that building uh they are eyeing a larger space too so i have a feeling that whole a place where you could land you could have pizza you could have barbecue Mm -hmm. and you could shop for books i think that could potentially change in the long term too yeah yeah it sounds that way that's coveted real estate too oh yeah oh yeah hard to trim i mean i think that uh that'll be good for proof though you know i I, I've only eaten there once. I was I was impressed. I know you've been very impressed with them, and I feel like that space maybe um, prevented them from breaking out in the way that they could have or, or or should have. So I'm excited to see what comes from them. Are you in touch with uh, Rocco on his move and what's happening there? Uh, I feel like he's keeping that kind of quiet. He's definitely keeping it quiet. Yeah, I don't know a ton about it, but um, you know, I am excited about oh. downtown in general right now. Right. Well, and you're still working downtown, which I is, am, you know, yeah. I mean, Cleveland Magazine's in the heart of Playhouse Square and right there. So what are you observing about downtown activity just in general? Clearly, businesses are flocking back to open and re- or and or remain and or um, evolve downtown. What are you seeing? I think downtown's still looking for its identity. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back one day a week. Um, I, I come in a, a little bit more often 
often, but you know, that is the amount of time that, that we must uh, come in from, for our company. So, and I think that's on the lower end, but you know, I think a lot of people are still working from home. It's still not as active as I'd like to see. A lot of things are transitioning to um, apartments rather than offices. And we're going to see what the effect of that is. You know, I think one effect of that is I was down there on Saturday with, with the baby and we were walking around and, uh, you know, kind of where's we were having a hard time finding a place for lunch. And, but you're seeing things like, um, supermarket come in, which I think is that that's the type of thing that is really needed downtown. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick hit, you know, uh, lunch spots. Um, I'm, I'm really pumped about, uh, Geraci coming in. Yes. I'm from the East side. Um, grew up eating that pizza. You know, they just opened a, a slice shop at, uh, the yard on third mm-hmm. in downtown Willoughby. Um, speaking of downtown Willoughby, Dante is about to open Dukes and Boots down I there. I was shocked. Is there nothing that Dante won't attempt? I know, I know. And he's got his steakhouse coming in downtown. So, um, you know, we got La Plaza opening up in um, the rebar spot. So they're going to open oh, like a taco yeah, bar. Yeah. Um, he'll run the, and I actually wrote about that uh, over a year ago now. And um, Adrian was planning on opening up in a couple months and then they decided to totally renovate the space. Hmm. So, you know, I think we're going to see a huge turn turnover down there. Mm-hmm. Then I also look at Let's Talk, um, mm-hmm. which opened in the Acom building right next to Colossal cupcakes that quietly closed a couple weeks ago and that wasn't even a full year so you know I I don't I I think downtown premature maybe yeah well uh, I just think downtown's looking for its identity it's still looking for more foot traffic Mm -hmm. and I I think there's a lot of players betting on it um, in terms of apartments and restaurants. But well, and I think Rocco's project, this double-decker, two-floor, I just get the feeling that it's going to have a vibe more like his Charlotte yeah. location. Um, and I think if there's one person that can make the transition to that iconic, from that iconic corner spot in Tremont to downtown, I think it's going to be Rocco. Oh, yeah. Uh, because he's thinking, right, he's betting on calves, he's betting on sports, he's betting on oh, special yeah. events, and he can pull that off. Also, I think he's making room for a event venue, like a smaller mm-hmm. venue, which um, I think is also really smart because he's a smart guy there will definitely be winners um and and i think rocco will be one of them he, he's proven it but you know i just have this list of th- things yeah, i, I can't even i can't even hit all i won't be able to hit all of them but you know we've got um the la plaza space coming we've got agave and ride just open right um parley on ninth is going to replace panini uh the panini's spot uh, on east 9th street aj rocco's is coming um coming back mm-hmm. with what the little sneak peeks that i've seen. They've been a little tight-lipped, too. Yeah. Um, the little sneak peeks that I've seen of a massive renovation. This Colossal Cupcakes place. We got uh, Sushi N is oh. coming in um, where in Playhouse Square, so oh. I, I've been paying attention to that. Look, I think Playhouse Square could use a couple more things right away. Oh, yeah. There. That's a number one question like just from friends of mine, like, where should I eat at Playhouse Square? Or on NEO Foodies on the Facebook page, I'm going to see Hamilton. Where should I eat? Yeah. Those people that aren't downtown, they have no idea, and they're starting from scratch. And I got to tell you, a lot of times I'm like, go to Asia Town. Yeah. Super easy. It's so quick. You just and then sit Parnell's. down in Euclid. It's so, oh, that's a good tip. <laughs> Shout out to my my Parnell's friends. But they don't have food. And every time I sit there, every time I'm at the bar, which is more often than I should yeah. be, someone walks in and says, do you guys have food? And they have ah. to turn them away, which means... They need like five things. I know. Like, I know. and good fries. I, I uh, so I'm going to talk about fries for a minute. Cloak and Dagger, favorite of mine, as you oh, know. Oh, yeah? Oh, I thought you were going to say favorite f- fries. Uh, I, they're a favorite of mine, too. Yeah, and they're off the menu. And I told Kate, I was like, Casey... I, I voted for you for best fries. And she's like, oh, we're taking them off the menu. And I was like, what? You know, but they're they're so good and 
uh, driven to be what they want to be. And I think they love shaking things up with yeah. every uh, change of menu booklet. Um, and they're, uh, let's see, by the time this podcast airs, they will be open with um, a, a drink menu that is around the Zodiac. So oh, they're cool. getting really super creative. I just love it. Um, Casey, if you're listening, I miss the fries. <laughs> just saying. And, um, you know, but they're doing a good job. I think um, drinks, cocktails, you know, I like I like to go to Cloak Dagger. I like to know that they could have raised their prices. I don't know. But I like to know that if I'm buying a cocktail that's totally handcrafted, um, made with care, I'm watching it being made. There's nothing that's, you know, coming out of a bottle that they bought somewhere. Um, I'm okay with a $15. I like knowing that it's $15. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I discovered, por- you know, I rediscovered Porco last year. Like you, I also was having a tiki moment. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but an LBM, I mean, Spotted Owl's making some moves, doing a little bit more of a overarching hospitality company. Yeah. So is there anything on your drinking list? Yes, absolutely. I, I think that uh, cocktails had a big year last year and I, I don't see it slowing down. Um, you know, I think that Number one, I want to point out pins and needles. I was so happy to see what they did with that space. I mean, I'm a I'm a punk rocker uh, kid like many, and I I saw a lot of cool shows in that basement. But what they did with it was really cool, creating that cocktail lounge. And I'm so impressed with Cassie Trainer, the bar manager uh, over there. Yeah, she does great things. So you know, they just experienced a terrible. Uh, terrible terrible um, pipe bursting flooding situation that really destroyed a really cool place so I do want to give them a shout out when you can find some ways to go support them I I believe the upstairs bar it will reopen a lot sooner than the downstairs bar please do that because that's an institution they're coming up on a hundred year amazing yeah maybe it's 125 they're coming up on a big anniversary and they were really looking forward to celebrating it and this is a bit of a setback another one in Lakewood that I really really love is um, Griffin Sight bar they have one of the largest collections um of gin uh it, i love gin it, yes and it, it, the owner is a british expat so you know he they do they drink gin a lot more over there and um they uh, they have one of the largest selections in the Midwest, in between Chicago and New York, and they just launched at the end of last year a cocktail menu that they weren't really doing signature cocktails. They were focusing on cider and and gin, and um and now they're working gin into these great cocktails. They're growing ingredients out back and things like that. Amazing! It's really cool. I am going to make a beeline for them, and I'll tell you why. When I went to London a couple of years ago, I didn't like their warm beer. I had no use for their warm beer. So I walked up to the bar one day in a pub and said, basically, hey, listen, I cannot do this warm beer. He goes, he was like in his cute little accent. He's like, I can't, I won't do it. Please. I'll wreck it. Um, but what about gin? And I thought, well, I, I mean, I kind of like gin, but I think the thing about gin is when you are young and you drink cheap gin, cheap gin is bad. Really good refined gin is delicious. Oh yeah. So there's a brand called Chases that I fell in love with. I brought a bottle home and I can't, you can't get it here. And so I try to find it. I try to find it at every duty-free shop all over the place. (laughs) So I might have to talk to a British expat to see if I could get it. He may have it. Amazing. Uh, I bet bet you, I I would bet you he has it if it's at all prominent over there. I am going to, like, what time is it right now? I I might have to go. Ireland Um, uh, turned us on to gin, my wife and I, uh, quite a bit. Because I had a bad gin hangover in early early college that I didn't get over for for a 
that's while, bad. It's like how I felt about Chardonnay. Yeah. I was like, I hate Chardonnay. And I was like, oh no, I just hate really bad mass-produced <laughs> Chardonnay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And 10 times more than I should have drank. Right. Well, you know, you'll have that. It's funny what you learn in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, yeah. Dylan. You know, one of the stalwarts of downtown, one of the consistent places downtown is Blue Point. Still just a great corner spot. Looked so great for the holidays. Still one of my top places for oysters. I know they've got some, uh, I don't want to say competition. They've got some other uh, neighborhood partners like Aqua De Luca. Um, you know, Morton's still there, still mm-hmm. chugging away mm-hmm. as Morton's, doing what Morton's does great. Uh, Mallorca. But um, the uh, uh, the parent company of Blue Point, uh, Hospitality Associates, uh, they do great work. They own some other things. And um, I think you uh, had a thought about Sam and Dave, something you were talking about. Yeah. So I was talking to George Schindler the other day. And, great uh, owner, by yeah. the way. Just a great operation. Yeah. And they, you know, they just celebrated 30 years. And he said something that, that really I found a little profound. And, and I think we both find ourselves getting really caught up in the new restaurants. And we were talking about that with Balaton and things like that. You know, he told me, he's like, you should look at your best restaurant list and you won't see any of our restaurants mm. um, on the best new restaurant ever. You won't see them winning a lot of the trendy awards. But all our restaurants are still around 30 years later. Amazing. They get reader voted like crazy. You know, they just they just stick around and people love them. And, and, and you know, there's something comforting about those place is staying. So when there was a rumor that Sam and Dave's um, in Rocky River was about to close down, um, people got really nervous. But luckily, it's just for a renovation. I, I think it's a pretty major renovation. Supposedly, it's going to be done by the end of January, but it started at the beginning of January. And I think we mm. both know how that goes with Ooh, restaurants. Yeah. And I told George that him, himself. He, he was optimistic. But I think you're going to see a, a huge structural change in that restaurant. But I think you're going to see a menu change. And much like a... Uh, a Bar Cento to Brightside okay, situation. Okay. You'll see. You'll see things like the Sunnyside Pizzas making its way to the Brightside. Favorites, you'll right. see those favorites still remain on Sam and Dave's menu. Um, but you're going to see some new things. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. You know, they, they've they're they're good stewards of the of the industry. They really are. And employees that cycle through them really learn how to um, do great service. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hire well. Um, the Rosewood Grills always a very solid favorite. Yeah. Um, so I. I I feel you on that. I know you just posted your Silver Spoon Awards ballots. Yes, um, please vote. Yeah, please vote. I mean, it's such a great way to support and lift up restaurants that yeah. you like and owners and, and you know, your your regular haunts or, or new, you know, new places that you've discovered. I think that part of what I try to do with the, with the podcast is... You know, we don't always look at the shiny new object. I like to dig a little bit deeper behind the story. And there are, I have some favorites, um, like Soho Chicken and Whiskey. Yeah. One operation, one one guy, Nolan is awesome, good food, narrow lane, and always, always delivers a fantastic experience. I feel like Flying Fig was like that. Yes. And um, so I appreciate those single operators that are frankly in the restaurant all the time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And I think now when you go to Albatro, uh, because of the recent, you know, shakeup with Parallax closing, look, when I walk into Albatro and I see Zach expediting, guess what? I know my meal is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And Julian, I interviewed both of them. Did you listen to that interview, by the way? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, oh, that's right. You did because then I ended up writing a story for you guys. Right. But, you know, like, here's the thing. The restaurant business is tough. It takes a lot out of people. 
it's it's not for the weary. It's not for someone that just wants to like you know own a restaurant and then yeah. go you know play golf every day. It doesn't happen. So there can be emotion. There can be turmoil. There can be stress. Um, but again, shout out to Albatro for just being one of those constants that look. You walk in there for a special occasion. You walk in there just for a very excellent burger and a glass of red wine. It delivers. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. I grew up. Uh, you know, I grew up in Menor, and we grew up going to Longo's Pizza, which was the same I've type heard of, of Longo's, thing. Yeah. Fifty years. Uh, you know, Mr. Longo Senior, uh, Joey Longo Senior. You know, uh, is is running the show. His kids all work there. I, I delivered pizzas, and it's the same. I, I went home to Menor over Christmas uh, Eve and stay at my parents' house. And you know, it, there's something nostalgic about going back to that place that you grew up eating. And I think that's Salmon Dave's and a lot of the hospital restaurants for a lot of people so mm -hmm. you know we vote with our dollars so we want to see these things stay around so it, it, I think 2023 my food resolution is to keep going back to those old haunts and uh, mm -hmm. you know don't get too caught up with the shiny new object though we're thrilled uh, that they keep on coming yeah like um, I'm gonna ask is it Jaja or Yaya? I call it Jaja okay <laughs> I'm just going to leave that in because I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, really I mean, that's didn't the know. same thing with Zug. I, I, everyone's like, is it Zug? Is it Zug? Is it, is right. it Zug? Well, and I'm and like, well, I'm committing to Zug. Zug. That's how he printed That's and what he told me. He's yeah. a sponsor of this podcast. And Doug <laughs> said Zug. He's like, Zoo with a G, Lisa. Yeah. It's very easy. I was like, Zug. But to be fair, it is pronounced in a lot of different ways uh, by a lot of different people. So I've been told that I'm pronouncing it wrong. And I'm like, well, listen, I'm telling, I'm pronouncing it the way Doug tells you me. You just have to commit it. sometimes, I think. Sometimes you just have to commit. <laughs> Listen, there's so many other places we could take this, but we're running at about an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's okay, because I think this is, the, first of all, it's the first episode of 2023. Um, I've had a couple of glasses of wine, courtesy of Chris <laughs> Wolf. I'm feeling really good. We're in this beautiful space that is Wolfpack Chorus. Um, an intriguing name, guy with a real vision, not only for what he's serving customers, but also for employees. And uh, cheers to you for your great year. And um, we're going to have to meet like, we're going to have to meet in a couple of months and, and talk about all the things we couldn't fit in. Yeah, seriously. I feel like I was just getting warmed up. You know? I, know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm like, I'd like to think people could listen to us for another hour, but you know, hey, I think that we have got an exciting year of eating ahead of us. Uh, I mean, I think we've demonstrated that you and I have this great enthusiasm. Dylan, Chris, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. To stay up to date on all things food in Northeast Ohio, follow CLE Foodcast on Instagram and Facebook, and please subscribe and follow the podcast on Apple or Google or iHeart or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to do the same with Cleveland Magazine. I do not miss an issue or their social updates or their website. I get their emails. Always, always helpful. I love Anthony Elder's weekend <laughs> posts. I am basically like, Anthony, tell me where I need to go this weekend. And I look forward to seeing it. And to get the scoop on Chris Wolf and his new place, Wolfpack Chorus, bookmark wolfpackchorus.com and follow their exciting social media content. All right, Dylan, hey, thanks for coming in and um, cheers to the new year. Thanks so much for having me. I'm going to go play this piano. Oh, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> the CLE Foodcast is a project of Fork and the Road Productions, and my sound engineer is Bill Connors. A few things coming up that you might want to know about. In just a few weeks, we'll celebrate Lunar New Year, and it's the year of the rabbit. The sign of the rabbit is a symbol of longevity, peace, and prosperity in Chinese culture. Sounds pretty good, right? 2023 is also predicted to be a year of hope. I think we could all use a little hope, don't you? Now, not long after that, we'll be getting ready for Cleveland Correntovania, 
the annual Slovenian Mardi Gras event, which will take place here February 11th through the 18th. And shortly after, it will be everybody's favorite day to party before the official start of the Lenten season. That's right, Fat Tuesday hits February 21st. Follow along with me on Instagram and Facebook at CLE Foodcast. And do me a favor, please share an episode you enjoyed with a friend or two. Until next time, stay hungry, be kind, and always, always set a bigger table.